Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. Hey, this is Lisa, and you're listening to I Love That Movie. And if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can reach out to me under AYA Lisa Cosplay. I'm also on Instagram under AYA and as a Nancy AMI Lisa. And we have a closed Facebook group called I Love That Movie. It's closed, but just send me a request and I'll add you. It's just a safe space for movie lovers to discuss their favorite films, judgment-free. And my only rule in there is keep it positive. And if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate the show. Um, if you leave me a positive review on iTunes, you're automatically entered to win a $20 gift card to a movie theater chain of your choice. So leave one today. And before I get started into this episode, just wanted to do a quick plug. Uh, this Friday, January 25th, at the Texas Theater, they are doing a uh, they are showing Metropolis along with a live score. So here's a description of that event, real quick. It's the uh, 2010 restoration of Metropolis. Um, it's the definitive edition of Fritz. Uh, Fritz Lang's science fiction masterpiece. This DCP presentation accompanied with a live score by Austin composer and multi-instrumentalist David Donato. I hope I said that right. Uh, The new score includes elements of classical, electronic, metal, dance, vaporwave, industrial, and shoegaze. Um, The live performance is on a double-neck guitar accompanying pre-recorded drum beats, pianos, synthesizers, organ, and various other sequenced instruments painstakingly synchronized to match this film. Uh, The restoration of the film adds a new integration of scenes and subplots a long considered lost, which endows Metropolis with even greater tension and emotion, emotional, sorry, resonance, as it dramatizes the conflict between a wealthy uber capitalist and rebellious subterranean laborers, orchestrated by a diabolical scientist capable of destroying them both. So yeah, really cool event. Uh, like I said, out at the Texas Theater this Friday, it's twelve dollars, twelve dollars to see Metropolis with extra footage and a live score. So please get out there and see that. And I found that description just on the uh, Texas Theater website. So just go to uh, texastheater.com. That's it. And you can find out more information there. Uh, But that's not what we're talking about today. Today we are talking about The Last Unicorn. And to discuss that movie with me, I have a brand new guest on the show today. I have Sarah. Please welcome Sarah. Say hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. (laughs) <laughs> and I already, I already busted that we're talking about The Last Unicorn, but Sarah, if you want to introduce yourself to the audience really quick, just a couple quick lines about who you are and all that good stuff. Uh, hi, I'm Sarah. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram as Tahiti. No, I am not the representative of the island of Tahiti, uh, <laughs> as, as many people mistake me for. I'm probably one of the biggest Last Unicorn fans on the planet uh so i'm really really excited to talk more about this movie because i'm sure my friends are sick of me talking to them about it (laughs) 
Well, I'm not sick of it. I'm I'm very excited about it. Um, I love this movie too. And and to kind of get the ball rolling here, Sarah, uh, where where did you first see this movie? How did you first see it? What format? All that good stuff. So I don't really remember my first time seeing it. I just know as a kid that um, my sister and I loved it. I I have a feeling that my grandmother showed it to us because um, I remember watching a lot of weird movies at her house just because uh my parents worked a lot <laughs> and so she would babysit us and uh i guess she figured out that we liked unicorns so i i remember watching Aww. i feel like we watched it over there and we watched something uh we watched legend with tom cruise over there as well so nice um but like the first actual like i remember watching it was on my sister's like little nine inch tv uh, with with the VCR built in, and it was a VHS tape. I didn't actually own the movie until I was probably a senior in high school because we just we just ended up renting it from like Blockbuster. So yeah, I did that too, renting movies like over and over yeah. and over, and not actually buying yeah. them. Which like in retrospect was probably cheaper to just buy them, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, like uh, I remember like I got a. Barnes Noble gift card and I probably overspent on this VHS tape of but of Last Unicorn but it was like I don't have anything else I want to buy no there's no manga that I want out right now so oh hey they have Last Unicorn I don't actually own this movie I should probably own it so I know that I saw this as a kid and I don't know I mean it, it must have been on VHS but I don't know if I owned it or rented it like you did but I watched it like all the time and I, I always showed it on my birthday. <laughs> like I would force everyone to sit down and watch it. I remember one year like somebody being like, this movie's slow and it's long. And I was like, uh, what? No, this is the best movie ever. It's my birthday. We are going to watch it right now. <laughs> right. I like loved it so much. But I don't know if I had it on DVD until a few years ago. I think it was it was either Anime Fest or Akon, uh, the author was at the was at the convention yeah, that and I been, bought it there and had him sign it. That would have been Akon. He uh he went okay. to Akon in 2007. And the reason I, rem okay. I remember okay. this. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah, the, well the reason <laughs> I remember this is cuz it was the same year my sister graduated high school and her uh high school graduation ceremony was the same weekend as Akon. And not only no. was it the same weekend as Akon, so I had all this family in town. I had also started a job at my college three hours away and they were like you have to work this weekend I was like uh I actually can't <laughs> so I had to like uh I had to leave uh I think I got to Akon on Friday I spent the night Friday night uh, I actually left from the convention to go down to the convention center where graduation was held uh, I stayed the night there and then Saturday that's when I went and picked up um, I had ordered uh, these three they did prints of oh I didn't know yeah that. they had they found these special prints um, that Kubo the artist Kubo had done and mm. um, it was they had uh, prints of Amalthea and then Flash Unicorn and then the cast and um, they had a a set of five the the other two were the the bull and then um mommy fortuna and so if you bought the book and the dvd you got a chance to buy three prints and then when you got there 
the manager was like, oh, hey, well, since you bought all three, you have a chance to buy the other two so you can get the complete set. So me being the wild fangirl that I am, yeah, I bought them. And there are only about 500 of them. So, wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So these were like a limited edition type thing. And they've put out some more since then, but um, I don't think they have any more of the full sets. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, uh, and so I was there. I got his autograph. I got to talk to him. I think I was just a stammering idiot the entire time, but he talks to you like you're his friend. Like he. Aww. he's your you know you're just like casual friends having a nice little conversation um and mm-hmm. they invited him a couple of times um so like the next time my sister was able to go to akon because we're both big fans we got a picture of him to together so um yeah that he's that's so cool yeah so um but that's like how I owned my first DVD. I actually have that copy that's signed. And then I have another copy um, because originally when the DVD was put out, they actually censored it. Oh, yeah. I was reading that. Like the 25th anniversary, they took the word damn out of it. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. They took the, they yeah. took a couple of dams out. And it wasn't even like they like bleeped it out they just kind of lowered the volume and i and it was yeah (laughs) it was so weird and it's it's (laughs) the one that like really struck me is is the the scene with molly grew and she's like mad at the unicorn for appearing to her as she is uh at that moment and i like it really just took away kind of like the emotion behind that statement i'm just like y'all don't like nobody went in and looked at the context of this like I think the other situation was Lear was like cutting him, cutting potatoes and he cut himself. See, I can understand like maybe yes. that, but the whole taking it out because Molly Grew is upset and rightfully so um, just didn't make any sense to me. Right. Yeah. And and just for those listening that maybe not are not aware of this, uh, the, the event that you're talking about, Akon, um, is the longest running animated or anime convention rather in the u.s maybe anywhere but in the u.s yeah, for sure i think it definitely in the u.s yeah it, it's uh I, I don't even know what year they're on now like 28 or 29 something crazy 30, like that. actually 30 okay okay wow yeah yeah i remember going to that when i was a teenager and it's kind of moved around but it's like our big anime convention uh here in in texas and it's again the longest running ever it's a millennial uh, in now yes yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so uh, so that's a pretty big event. And uh, yeah, I, I got the DVD there as well, signed by Peter S. Beagle. Um, I think before we continue, maybe I'm going to just go ahead and read a quick synopsis. It's literally one sentence because I read a lot of different synopsis before we started recording and I, I just didn't want to give too much away. I wanted to dive in and talk about that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so if you haven't seen the movie yet, basically it's just about a brave unicorn and a magician uh, fighting an evil king who's obsessed with attempting to capture the world's unicorns. That's pretty succinct. Which sounds like a weird plot. Yeah. yeah. But it's pretty succinct. <laughs> but we'll dive into yeah. it. It is. It's quick. And uh, and yeah, um, you, you mentioned one of my quick facts already. I was going to talk about the, you know, the use of the word damn, which is just, I don't know, like <sighs> me and, and my husband, Nick, last night, were talking about how I feel like around this time, this movie came out in 1982, there was some more like serious, more darker toned 
animated movies yeah. that weren't so heavily yeah. censored. And I miss that. I think I totally agree with you. Taking out uh, Molly saying damn the way she does at that moment um it does it takes out a lot of the emotional impact and like it's okay for kids to deal with some darker themes and it's just frustrating to me that like nowadays things are so heavily edited like that Um, and it was at the specific request of walmart like from the story that i told that i was told was that um it was lionsgate that was putting out uh the 25th anniversary dvd and walmart came to them and says we will not carry this if you don't take these out so that's ridiculous so you know walmart being walmart has that kind of power so they went in they since they did it but i think for the subsequent releases they did put it back in so i actually own a (laughs) blu-ray and it has (laughs) uh it has them back in I was so mad at myself, so I went in and got out my DVD and put it in to uh, rewatch it before we recorded, and I realized it wasn't Blu-ray, and I was like, what the heck? When did I buy this? So when you said that Peter S. Beagle came in 2007, I was like, oh, okay, that's why it's not Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, my uh, my other quick facts that I had, uh, number one, Sir Christopher Lee, the voice of Haggard. And we'll go into the cast. The cast is, I think, a big oh, strong yeah. point of this movie. But uh, yeah, the, he showed up for recording uh, sessions armed with his own copy of the book and several places marked to indicate things that must not be, in his opinion, omitted, which I think is really cool. I didn't realize how how jazzed people were about this book that I, that just makes me feel better knowing that that they were so yeah invested. not only did uh like christopher lee show up with like his own copy but apparently jeff bridges like did like i think he um took like a salary cut in order to actually be yeah in the movie. and which makes me so mad because um he just got the cecil uh b demille award uh, at the Golden Globes, and they did like his little clip show of you know some of his more famous movie, and they use "Surfs Up" as as one of them. <laughs> I was like, "How are y'all gonna use Surfs Up and not one of like the greatest animated mo- movies of all time?" Especially because he has like that really great line about being a hero um, towards the end, and yeah. I was like, "That would have been so cool to see," especially because it also has. Um, Oh God, Alan um, Arkin, and who was who was a nominee that night? Yeah, you're right. So I was just like Hollywood Foreign Press. How how are y'all gonna how are y'all gonna do Jeff Bridges wrong like that? That's messed up. So yeah, and and uh, Christopher Lee, um, Peter actually did his obituary for Vanity Fair. Oh wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I must have like a Google alert set up for anything Peter Spiegel <laughs> in my mind because, um, yeah, when he passed, I was, you know, uh, they, Peter was on the Conlon press Twitter. There's very, there's a difference between the two. Um, we'll get into that later. Uh, and he, you know, they posted his obituary and it was really beautifully, uh, written. And I, they keep talking about doing a live action last unicorn and i'm like you cannot because haggard was lee lee was haggard yeah it's gonna be hard to find anybody who could 
do that kind of performance that that Lee did in just the like the animated movie itself. Right. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. He had such a close connection to this film. Like I think he's he was like the godfather of somebody some somebody on staff that made the movie too. Like Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so crazy. Um but yeah, no, I I completely agree. Uh I think another big strong point about this movie for me is the animation style. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the same crew that did the those Hobbit movies. Yeah, Rankin and Bass. Mm-hmm. And it's just so unique. Um, it, it was a Japanese studio called Topcraft, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They also animated like Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind. You know, yeah. but but yeah, I I really like it because it was just so different from everything else. Like it's it's definitely Japanese. I mean, you can tell watching it, but it's also like unique in its own way. It's its own thing. And I I really appreciate that about the film. Yeah, I love like the beginning, just the beginning sequence of them like in incorporating the cloisters um, art style in there where it's like that, that the lion has like the very small head, but the very long neck and very kind of intricate designs and mm-hmm. um i thought that was so cool and like of course you have the the beautiful 80s tastic soundtrack yes that i love the soundtrack everything about it <laughs> i read that like it was a top seller in germany that year too yeah <laughs> yeah came out. yeah um i Germany's like love it yeah, I threatened you. I was like, I might just open this podcast with just like the last unicorn, and we would just both burst into "I'm alive." Um, yes, I, I mean that's the everybody. best part. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so empowering. Um, yeah, yes. I, I, I really like that, and and um, I think a lot of people are really familiar with the Hobbit movie, maybe even more so than than this one. But definitely mm-hmm. check out this film. Um, and I was looking through the IMDb of both Jules Bass and Arthur Rankin that you already mentioned. And um, they, they did a lot of stuff I liked, like Wind in the Willows and, um, you know, quite a few like direct to video things that I kind of forgot about. But then when I saw them, I was like, oh, I'm so nostalgic. I want to go back and rewatch all those. <laughs> yeah, like it, it definitely like gives like a connection to like other childhood stuff. Yeah. And um, oh, man, I just. It, yeah, I th- I watched it earlier this week, and I was just like, "Oh man, I love this movie. I need more people to watch it. I need more people to love it." Like I said, um, it was a fixture for a while at my birthday. Halloween was The Shining. My birthday was The Last Unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> two two polar opposites, but right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you already mentioned too that uh, you know, uh, Alan Arkin plays Schmendrick the magician. I think you have a Schmendrick yes. cosplay, don't you? I do. Schmendrick do. is. I, I love Smendrick. I think uh, as I got older, like I, I like when I was younger, I didn't appreciate him as much as I do now. And like um, Smendrick's one of those characters where like even in the book, you don't know too much about him. And I think that's what makes him so great is that he's just like this kind of like, you know, carefree fellow that he decides to go on this adventure. And um, yeah. I, no, I, love I actually too. have <laughs> um I actually have uh little uh film strips from the movie. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. You need to take a picture yeah. of all this and send it to me. I'll post it I, in the group. I do. I need to I need to actually find where I stuffed it because I had lost it for a while. Oh no. And then I found it again. And so it's it's in my little kind of pile of of stuff because I also have um 
So this is going to be my last unicorn memorabilia collection. I have a couple film strips <laughs> where it's the scene from where he's doing the magic do as you will, which is so beautiful and so wonderful. Yes. Um, and then I have a uh, one from the uh, scene where the unicorns are coming up out of the sea, and you see their their heads in the waves. And then oh, um, I, I have the scene. Yes, I have the five prints. Um, I have several copies of the last unicorn because I've I've bought um, the deluxe version. I bought the paperback that came with uh, the DVD that you had to get in order to get the prints. Um, I have one that is a uh, uh, like a twofer. It's with a fine and private place, which is his first novel, and then. Um, I got the little individual comic books that they did. And then oh, I, I didn't also realize have, they did those. Yes, they have um, individual comics. And then I also have the compiled in the graphic novel. And then I have the deluxe version of the graphic novel. Nice. <laughs> I have, yes, I have. And almost everything I own that is Peter S. Beagle is signed by him. Because I usually That's buy. That's awesome. Yeah, when he came to, he came to Akon for a couple of years. And then um, he made an appearance actually at um, Texas Renaissance Festival one year. And oh, I actually, okay. Like, yeah, went dressed as like a unicorn. And um, and then when he they were doing the tour of the movie, I went to one of the showings there. So, oh, cool. Yeah, I've, I've you know, any time that he's in Texas and he's in driving distance, I'm probably going to go. <laughs> that's awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's um, only been doing appearances in like california and like east coast stuff so i'm like come back to texas. oh man come back to texas yeah, yeah. i don't have a, a lot of memorabilia i know um when i was a kid i really liked schmendrick specifically um i think i had like a little a little crush on him and yes. i also had a little fish a beta fish that i named schmendrick <laughs> and yeah, I was just like yeah. really I, I really appreciated his character I feel like all the characters I don't know if it's the same in the book as in the movie but I feel like they're very different and interesting like he's not yes. the kind of male lead I mean I guess Jeff Bridges Prince Lear is also a lead a little bit but mm -hmm. not in the way that you know, like normally I feel like uh, a lot of kids movies would sort of blend the Jeff Bridges and Alan Arkin character into like one thing and make it like a stronger character, but mm -hmm. they're all kind of just side characters to the unicorn. Yeah. So I feel like Spendrick, yeah, you don't learn a lot about him. You don't know what his motivation is other than just being a good person. Mm -hmm. um, and he clearly is struggling with, with magic. He, he's not, uh, he's not quite there yet. He doesn't have all the power that he needs to and he doesn't know how to wield it and like that's kind of his character arc throughout the film um but yeah I, I it's weird like as a kid I I didn't know who Alan Arkin was as a child yeah, <laughs> so it's no. like weird as an adult like going back and looking at the cast and being like oh my gosh these are like important people like and these are like big name what I people mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah um oh gosh yeah like thinking about Schmendrick and like Lear and um the kind of different like Lear is almost funny because he's almost like a passive hero yeah like he's he very is. you know he he's not the typical prince like he and I love that they did that in that and that he created this character that you know he thinks he knows what how to win her heart but he actually has no idea 
<laughs> and I love that. Like he has like this moment of like coming to Molly and being like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And, <laughs> right. And Most she's like, yeah, that. you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't see that. You always see like the, the Prince characters is always being so confident and sure of themselves. And so that's what's so refreshing about Lear is that, you know, he's 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 unsure of himself. And it and that's what brings them together in the movie is that they're both two people not knowing anything about each other, the world. And that's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, that's yeah. that's right. And they only mention it in passing. Um, mm-hmm. But Lear isn't actually Haggard's son. Right, he like found him. Yeah, it's really and- he's very controlling. Like, mm-hmm. not only does he want to control all the unicorns, you find out later in the movie, but I mean, even trapping this child with him all the time and sort of vicariously living through him just to have mm-hmm. an heir—it's just so evil. He like seals him off from the rest of the world. He doesn't get to like do anything. It's yeah, yeah, it's and it's it's, it's all for his happiness. No, yeah. it's only his happiness matters it doesn't matter about anybody else around him it's just it's 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 he has to be happy if he's not happy then nobody else can be yeah wow yeah i hadn't thought of it that way um i do like christopher lee as king haggard he's a really interesting bad guy because he is really evil and controlling and selfish but i don't know it's like you feel sorry for him at the same time it's yeah. complicated i i like that about the story yeah uh yeah because he talks about like how the only time he was ever happy as a young man was seeing unicorns out in the wild and free and then he decides to capture them and then he loses that that moment because they're not free they're not you know out in the wild and um so like it loses his magic basically and so now he has Mm -hmm. to find something else to really like make him happy and nothing does so he's just stuck in this kind of perpetual cycle of, you know, well, is this going to make me happy? No, it doesn't make me happy. But here it is. You know, he's he's got these unicorns. He's got this son. <laughs> like, I can just imagine being like him, like changing, trying to change a dirty diaper and be like, this doesn't make me happy at all. <laughs> and I guess that's like a theme in the movie because even when you meet Sh- Schmendrick when he's with uh, Mommy Fortuna, um, who's played by Angela Lansbury, which I was like, whoa, you know, I, I kind of forgot that <laughs> until yeah. we rewatched it. Um, but, uh, you know, Mommy Fortuna is kind of the same way where she's keeping things captive. That's her way mm-hmm. of trapping things that accomplishments or things yeah. that she wants. And I guess that's maybe a metaphor for like, this is what people do. They like. Yeah you know they like it's it's really interesting like if you look at like the kind of like the bad guys throughout the movie they all want to keep things trapped like um Mm -hmm. mommy fortuna she like keeps all this magic in order to make herself more look you know more powerful than she is like look at me i've trapped all these things but it's all fake it's not real um and then you come across Captain Cully. He's he's trying to make himself look like this famous, you know, bandit, bad guy, you know, oh, rogue yeah. of the woods, have a taco type thing. And it's, you know, no, they're like living in the woods and they're drinking basically like bark in, a, in water. Um, 
And then the next one is the tree. <laughs> oh, yeah, the tree. I always forget about the tree. Trees love. That creepy tree. <laughs> I love that tree. Uh, that was, there was one of the things that I did when I had to smend your costume. I was like, I'm going to like get engaged to all the Douglas furs. Um, <laughs> yeah, like she tries to capture Smendrick, you know, tries to force her love on him. Um, but it doesn't work. You can't, it has to be like freely given, I think is what everything kind of comes to. Like Molly, you know, she goes off with them and she's a lot happier because she's not trapped anymore. Yeah. And even like you're saying earlier with Prince Lear, like, even the relationship between him and the unicorn um, when he's, when she's Lady Amalthea, um, you know, there's no him convincing her like to stay with him and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like in the end, he like lets her go. Yeah. And she even, she even tries to turn around and say, no, 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 I don't want to leave you. And he's like, you know, no, this isn't right. And I think that's really cool too, because you don't normally see that in cartoons, especially between like, uh, a romantic relationship where someone's right. like no this is what's best for you to go not to stay with me especially right. like in the 80s yeah because <laughs> now we yeah. have like some cartoons like brave or frozen where you know th these disney cartoons that are not all centered on just a relationship mm -hmm. um but but this one it's like yeah it's it's a little more complex especially for back then yeah and we haven't talked about her yet but i really like the way that mia farrow plays the unicorn a yes. lot like it's really i don't know like i was telling uh, my husband that i think that um it, it's interesting this is you know sort of a female-led film uh, she's the main character and she is like super different from a lot of female leads in in, in movies especially back then right yeah i i like how you know she's uh her journey is really interesting and um and she doesn't end up with the prince in the end and all that so i just i don't know i really liked it no yeah for sure like i mean just even like putting aside the fact that she's a unicorn it's just like she and like i've seen this a couple times in theories in that like the last unicorn is about like going from like being a child into being a woman and literally there's a song yeah now that i'm a woman yes i like, always sing that to nick and he's like what is happening and i'm like it's for the last unicorn and like and watch see, it, like yeah that's the song I've, I've, I've heard like people say that it's about menstruation i'm like y'all are looking way too into this yeah i don't uh, know that peter spiegel would have written an entire book about menstruation i don't think so far-fetched yes but like yeah no it's it's you know it's funny if you if you contrast that with like the other kind of transformation movie in the 80s like the little mermaid she wanted to become human you know she was really excited right. about that she gave up her voice for it unicorns pissed unicorns yep. like what have you done to me this is awful i hate it you know and i feel this body dying all around me yep. yeah she's so that. you know she's this magical creature that, and and now she's in this mortal body and you know it's funny like they always talk about like you know unicorns don't really feel certain human emotions and now she can feel regret and everything like that and and that makes her a little bit sadder that like she's like now an adult and mm -hmm. you know realizing that Maybe this, you know, the journey was worth it, but, you know, at the same time, like, now you have this pain that you have to carry across, and that's how the movie ends. 
Like, <laughs> I know it's a dark movie. Like yeah. going back and watching it, it's uh, I think it's when I realized as a kid that I liked things like this. I liked mm-hmm. stories that were sad, but that had like a shining ray of hope in, in them, but they're not, they don't wrap up in this like super reassuring right. way. Like they don't have to, you know, and I think of things like this or like Watership Down or Murder Bunnies. Uh, yeah, murder bunnies. Yeah, when people are like, "Oh, yeah, I've heard that it's kind of, you know, graphic." I'm like, "Yeah, it is <laughs> intense." Um, Very but uh, so. yeah, or like even like the Secret of Nim. Like there were a lot of cartoons back then that uh, that kind of had a little bit of a darker side. And, and I think as a kid, just being surrounded with nothing but constant like happy movies i was i kind of like stuff like this it sort yeah. of explored more complex human emotions i think it definitely prepared me for being an anime fan because anime does Ooh, isn't absolutely isn't, a, isn't afraid to be you know to take a dark turn to kill the cute girl you know type thing yeah um yeah i just uh the book though is is great because it goes a little bit deeper into some of the characters and like I think we kind of missed out on Lear because Lear, when we first actually meet him, he's actually with a princess trying to catch a unicorn, and oh. he has this laissez-faire attitude. Um, and I think that I think that gives him a little another aspect to his personality that he's like, okay, well we're we're engaged, we have to capture this unicorn, but I'm not really into it. So, but I'm here for you. We're gonna do it. It's gonna be great, type thing. And then the next time we meet him, he's in the castle and he's now like kind of been you know almost awake to be like oh so (laughs) hey type thing situation yeah he like spots her right away Mm -hmm. yeah yeah there's like so much i guess like nuance in this movie uh that i think i kind of picked up on as a kid but it is interesting to go back and watch it again as an adult yeah just pick up on so many more things i feel like as a as a kid i related more to the unicorn but as an adult i relate more to molly grew totally i remember as a kid feeling so bad for her in that scene where she sees the unicorn for the first time Mm -hmm. and she's like why would you come to me now you're supposed to come to maidens yeah look where i am in my life and i feel i you know i didn't really understand what that meant at the time other than like ew i don't want to get old (laughs) but uh now it's kind of like you know i don't know it's like your your youth doesn't always pan out the way you thought it would yeah um kind of thing and you know just sort of looking back and regretting that things didn't happen a little bit differently yeah and that now you're sort of an old maid mm-hmm. yeah an old yeah. woman and and you're seeing this thing that's supposed to come to young ladies and i, I love that she like forgives her right away like she's like yeah. i forgive you you know I'm, you know, I'm glad that you're here now because I think that like still gives Molly hope because I think that's before she was kind of like resigned to life. Like this is how it's yeah. going to be. But now that she's seen the unicorn and uh, she's kind of like, there's more out there. I have hope. I can I can be strong. I can do things. And so, you know, she immediately like, I'm like going with you. So I think if, if yeah, it's like her, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's like her like moment of being like, Oh, I I can still do things. I still have a chance. 
Exactly. Like she, she was upset. Why didn't this, all this stuff in my life, why did I have to wait so long to mm-hmm. start my life kind of thing? Right. Um, and she thought she was past that point when she saw the unicorn. She's like, no, you were supposed to come to me when I was young and things were supposed to go differently is kind of how I interpret it. Yeah. And now it's like the unicorn's like, I'm here now. Yeah. And she's like, okay. And so she accepts that and she's like, yeah, you know, I, I'm still alive. I have more time on this earth. Things can get better. They can improve, like you said. And yeah, maybe I'm starting later than I wanted to, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, at least I'm starting at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, def- I, I agree. I, I look at, I really look at all the characters differently than I did as a kid. I definitely was more relating to the unicorn and maybe even to Schmendrick. Mm-hmm. But as I get older, it's like there's layers to everybody that I, I probably didn't see back then. Yeah. I'm sure eventually I'm going to get to the skeleton. <laughs> oh yeah go for it talk yeah. about the skeleton yeah so like yeah like getting to the point where like instead of relating to everybody else i'm just gonna be that skeleton be like wine please and like laughing <laughs> at everybody like giving everybody shit uh who just played brilliantly by um i'm gonna butcher his last name renee i think it's renee aubergenois yeah i'm gonna say yeah yeah i only know that because i'm a rabid deep space nine fan and yeah. he's odo which my favorite character yes yeah <laughs> i love i mean the 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 skeleton was always so much fun because like and that's how i kind of like see myself in the future just like this like old thing giving people shit just <laughs> you mean like i just want wine just give me the wine it'll be fine <laughs> it is funny to think about that line now because they're like you can't drink wine you don't you know have any lips you don't have anything you're just a skeleton and he's like but i remember (laughs) i do think of that now like it's kind of like when you sit down after a long day and you're like i'm gonna have a glass of wine with this meal Ooh, yes Yes. (laughs) yeah yeah i always like (laughs) i also really like the cat the pirate cat the cat is great (laughs) yeah i love the cat uh he's a little bit more sassy in the book like oh really because you can actually yeah because um the scene where she kind of uh where she's asking the cat about the bull um and they do kind of a fun little thing with it but uh in the book he actually kind of describes how the cat doesn't answer her anymore like the cat fell silent type thing yeah it's it's really fun the way he kind of sets scenes up to where you know um in the book you you meet the cat and you see him scurrying around in the background of whatever description's happening and then you actually hear him speak and you realize oh this cat can talk (laughs) and he just chooses not to so he chooses his moments and then the fact that he's quiet about you know after she's asked him so many questions saying like i'm done with you which is exactly how a real cat would be exactly they're like well i'm bored now i don't want to answer questions anymore (laughs) right i'm you know i've i've done my part i'm okay i actually have both of mine sitting underneath my chair like they're like (laughs) saturday morning we should be snuggling right now but they're they're like all right well we'll hang out with you (laughs) yeah my dogs they don't like i have to put them on my bed when i record because their little feet Mm -hmm. just click clack all over the wood floor Click clack, yeah and so i keep it i was worried yeah i was worried because like there's a couple scratch pads right here but they haven't done anything yet so well my pug snores (laughs) they also get mad at me and they jump off the bed really hard and huff really Uh loud and sometimes you can hear them going (sighs) 
And that just means like, they're like, <laughs> we don't like that we're stuck in this little room <laughs> with you. We don't right. Leave. We're, we're done. Yeah. Yeah. So no worries. Yeah. I've, I've recorded with a lot of people that have pets and, or kids. <laughs> and so they yeah. understand. Yeah. But yeah. I always <laughs> like that. It's cute. Like going back and watching a movie now, I'm like, oh, he's like a little pirate kitty. I never even noticed that yeah. as a kid. <laughs> and yeah, they don't really give you a lot of explanation in this movie about I mean, they give you some about the rules of all the magical creatures, but I kind of like that there's some ambiguity there. You know, you kind of fill things in. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, you know, we're living in a world that's magical and only some people are in tune with that. Seems mostly children or I guess people that still have like hope or people that can imagine something magical. I don't know, but I kind of like that Mm -hmm. they don't put super strict guidelines for everything and long. You just kind of fill in the blanks yourself yeah it's it you know it's it's kind of like you're expected to know like they do a little bit of exposition in the beginning Mm -hmm. you know just to kind of like kind of explain her motivations you know uh in the with the two hunters talking about you know there used to be unicorns you know but uh there's not anymore and and but this one is here because we can tell because you know the forest is always green you know Mm -hmm. the 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 birds and the you know the animals they never they always seem to you know keep on and then then you you meet the unicorn and she's like wait what (laughs) (laughs) you know it's kind of like she's in this bubble of this little wood and then you know now she's kind of forced to leave to be you know find her way and then you have the butterfly i love that butterfly <laughs> uh, i don't know if you like could pick up on some of it because i know i definitely didn't as a kid but like there's a sudden point in time where like he talks about mary jane and when i showed um the movie to some friends in college they're like did that butterfly just talk about weed and i'm like it possible it's it's definitely possible yeah i was i was gonna ask you that i'm like what like he has a lot of different riddles and that's sort of how he speaks but i i felt like there's got to be a deeper meaning to some of the stuff he said i don't you know i don't think it is there really is i think peter just went in and just kind of put a whole bunch of stuff in Mm, and the funny thing is alice in wonderland talks about yeah like alice in wonderland and it was like funny because some of that stuff is modern yeah. And you have this world that's probably like feels like it's like renaissance almost like medieval. But you have things like tacos. He talks about, t- you know, Captain Coley has a taco, <laughs> which uh the story behind that line is he's wor- he was uh Peter was working on the book and he was kind of stuck. And I guess uh his wife or something or somebody was like, "Hey, it's dinner time." And I guess he was uh he was kind of like talking to himself and he's like, "Have a taco." And he's like, "Oh, that works so (laughs) he kind of like went forward from there and um yeah like it's yeah because you you i read an article that talked about like those specific things about how like he was bringing in certain modern um like rhymes and riddles Mm -hmm. into that but like yet this is a medieval renaissance style world that that's not supposed to exist but i guess since the butterfly talks in sort of nonsense it's okay (laughs) yeah so yeah since the you know the butterfly doesn't really talk you know anything real beyond the whole uh you can find them if you're brave that that part always gets me like i love that like 
he gets really sis- he goes listen 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 like very navi from uh legend of zelda <laughs> and it's serious for that brief amount of time and you know tells her that you know you can find him if you are brave they pass down i could probably memorize that speech a little no bit. i'm it's going through my mind too seriously i've watched this movie so many times like so many parts of this movie <laughs> like just yeah they passed down all the roads long ago long yeah. Ago. yeah the red bull followed close behind and covered their footsteps um yeah no i love the butterfly just because he's like he's kind of you know you have the little bit of the exposition in the beginning and now she's got these questions and here comes this like nonsensical almost like almost treasure cat like yeah character of you know being like this is where you're gonna get all your information really (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's like i gotta believe it i gotta have faith that they're still out there i gotta Mm go she goes yes 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 um do you want to talk about the bull maybe i feel like that's another character we haven't really yeah the bull is yeah you don't really get to know like how the bull came to be all you know is that he has him captured and you you just he's he you don't know his motivation beyond like unicorns and like did haggard give him that motivation Mm -hmm. did he always have that motivation you know i i think the bull out of all of them has like the most mysterious kind of past yeah because you don't know anything all you know is that he is a bad guy he's he's supposed to be evil but you don't know why and then at the end all he does is he disappears so it's kind of it's it's hard to talk about the bull because he's just beyond you know like making red bull jokes (laughs) (laughs) i just remember as a kid him being a very powerful visual for me i mean just he's like this bull that's made out of fire and i i remember Mm -hmm. that being kind of scary to me as a kid and um Mm -hmm. and just you know just really interesting and i think like when you see him pushing the the unicorns into the sea and i love the way that the sea foam sort of turns into their unicorns if you look closely like just yeah. all that visual stuff about it but you're right there's not a lot of explanation um i had read that you know peter s beagle saw a painting with a bull and that was kind of what he was like oh that's how i want him to look like that like he's on fire and that's like the mm-hmm. you know and so you can tell like it, it is more there there are certain things about this movie or even maybe even the story that it's it's almost like more visual than it is explanation and yeah. if if you like that if you like that like ambiguity and you like that um that's like a buzzword i need to stop saying ambiguity <laughs> say it like in every episode <laughs> but uh but yeah like if if you're okay with a lack of explanation and a concentration on how the the film looks and how it makes you feel because i feel like mm-hmm. there's a lot of emotion in this movie um and it's more about that than it is about a straightforward just narrative because when you really break it down there's a lot that's not explained um yeah but but that's okay you know i I still even as a kid i got everything i needed out of it without all that so yeah the bull is what you the bull is what you want it to be like the bull can represent whatever and i think that is what kind of makes it the scariest character is Mm -hmm. because it can you know you uh it can mean something different it scared you as a kid and it scared me as a kid and probably scared (laughs) us for different reasons though yeah like we probably can i think that's what it is 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 that we can put our own fears into it and yet 
at the end, it gets vanquished by this pure innocent force mm-hmm. of unicorns. And, um, and that, like, I think that, like, it's supposed to give us hope, mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. I like that a lot. And like you said, you can sort of interpret it however you want, but, but you still kind of all get the same general feeling at the end of, yeah. <clears throat> you know, it being vanquished and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to kind of like cover about the movie? Yeah, so th- I actually want to talk about a little bit of the movie kind of going into the whole problems that Peter has had over the year. Oh, okay, cool. Um uh so for those that aren't unaware so peter um he actually wrote the screenplay yeah i was surprised by that when i when i read this Mm -hmm. thing i was like oh he did the screenplay too i i didn't realize that okay yeah so he did the screenplay he also did the screenplay for the lord of the rings movies that uh rankin and bass did uh he was actually for the longest time wasn't paid for them wow how did that happen um they just uh declined to pay for him pay for them um there was a lot of back and forth and for a while there um peter just couldn't uh fight them uh like uh there was a point in time where his mother passed away and so he that very affected him deeply um it wasn't until probably like the early 2000s that um this guy came along and it was connor cochran and he was the manager for the longest time. And you probably met him when you went to Akon. Because oh, okay. he was normally the guy with Peter. Kind mm-hmm. of like talking to everybody. Because Peter's very quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one kind of chatting up everybody. Talking about this. And so he made a lot of noise about this. And how it's not right. And everything like that. And so they uh, they did that. You know, they They went and they fought to get this back and um it wasn't until probably about 2010 i want to say that um they finally got to the right people and resolved it yeah and so that's when around the time that they actually did the whole last unicorn tour um where they went around to different cities and they brought the movie they brought peter they brought merch um and so like peter would usually have a little speech before the movie um and things like that well uh it came out a couple years ago that um peter sued him for elder abuse and for financial fraud oh my gosh so the guy that was helping him yeah so it came out that during the tour um and i this was this was something they put out in their newsletter that they were actually staying with fans they weren't getting hotels rooms all the time and so um peter stipulated that you know based you know having to be on all the time um that is very draining on a person so they actually like uh canceled the tour because of this Mm. and um and so they they brought that into uh the whole lawsuit you know alleging that you know he has to be always on this exhausted him you know all this other stuff and not only that but like connor cochran is also mismanaging funds and yeah and and this is and he can't catch a break yeah it was very much like this man made my childhood magical why can't anybody take care of him um 
And it wasn't just, you know, him taking advantage of Peter. Uh, they had an online store where they saw where they sold stuff. And there there are countless people who have ordered things like there was supposed to be an audio book, like an, an eight CD edition. There's supposed to be uh, a uh, extra deluxe slash unicorn hardcover um other books and they were never delivered never oh my gosh yeah he took all the money and never got it and that actually that actually hit me too um i ordered yeah i ordered um the I, i ordered all five of the comic books and the first two arrived just fine but the last three uh apparently there was a misunderstanding and i say that with air quotes uh between um the company and the printing company about you know how much needed to be printed so there was a huge huge delay and so they went through and they promised people and they said hey you know if you want to wait we'll make it worth your while we'll give you a special like print type thing um you just got to be patient blah 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 and um so yeah i was like i can wait i'm fine with that I'll, 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 I want the extra special thing. I, I eventually got my comic books. I think it was a two years later and, uh, but never got the little special thing until actually, um, within the, like the last year or so, I actually, they were trying to sell stuff in order to raise money for these lawsuits. And, uh, I posted on the thing and I was like, it's funny they're having the sale, but they can't deliver on things they promised years ago. And the creepy thing Mm -hmm. is this guy found my phone number off my Facebook. Oh my God. Called me and he like had this whole long explanation. And I was just like, number one, how did you get my phone number? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like looking up that guy's name and just, just pulling up all these articles about fraud and like how he took he took his uh peter s beagle's money and his mom yeah his mom's money too oh my god this is so complex i had no idea yeah if you want to if there's a really good website that uh documents almost everything and it's fans against fraud.com that's what i'm looking at i'm gonna link this in the description yeah it's it's a really really great um our uh really great resource for um everything that's going on and kind of the whole process it's got the actual like um their uh like the court filings the things like that and um victim lists you know all sorts of things it it was really for a while there um peter's children uh sided with uh connor and saying that their father was like losing his wits and i'm like this man every time i have talked to him has had some like personal story to tell me i don't believe that he's losing his his wits i think he is yeah this is a lot like the stan lee thing huh yeah and 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 i mean it's kind of common when people are really rich and as they start to age it's just yeah it's awful yeah and so uh because of this you know there's been a basically kind of like a back and forth um lawsuits but peter is winning right now is is what i understand and i believe actually the uh the lawsuit is 
in trial right now and so we could yeah get, it says late february yeah, yeah. we could get a judgment um against him within the next month or so which would be fantastic because peter is writing books again he's writing short stories oh i didn't know yeah that. he's he's got a couple of books out um with a new publisher um and he just won uh an award recently too uh, a sci-fi award and so he, yeah it does not sound like he's lost his yeah, mental faculties at all um and so he's he's still out there he's still writing um oh gosh what was the award he just won i have to find it <laughs> but yeah oh, i yeah. yeah if and you have to find the right pages if you're if you're looking for him because uh he a lot of the stuff is actually still being controlled by uh connor cochran and the conlin press so oh yes uh he was the grand master in 2018 they uh awarded him um the grand master by the science fiction and fantasy writers of america so um that was just last year and so it's it's kind of funny like people are saying oh he's you know lost his wits and everything like that but he yet he's he's still writing amazing books and uh still putting stuff out there and still plugging away and i i love that about him that he's still writing and he's still um putting stuff out there so uh if you yeah i had no idea that's really cool yeah if you are a fan of his if of your fan of last unicorn there's a ton of stuff out there um but make sure you buy it from the right place yeah apparently so wow that is so shocking i had no idea but yeah i guess that's what happens when you have you know kind of a million dollar idea Mm -hmm. um the book he wrote it's still considered to be like in the top 10 best you know fantasy fiction stories of all time neil Neil gaiman has talked about him um yeah there's there's been a whole i need to read this book (laughs) if you need to if you need a copy i got like three i'll gladly (laughs) i'll gladly yeah there's been uh there's been all sorts of uh like articles come out recently i think i just read one um like by an actual like uh big name site that um that put out like you know talked about the whole uh you know modern thing about um the 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 phrases from the butterfly and um and so like he's still getting attention out there so and i love Mm -hmm. that i love that people are coming out and being like i love this movie as a kid i had no idea it was a book yes it's a great book he has um a whole bunch of other books out there um my favorite, I think, of his non-unicorn works is called Tamsin, and it's actually a ghost story. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I got to check these out. I really do. I've, I It's weird that I've watched this movie so many times and never read the book because there's actually a lot of other one, a lot of other movies i'm sorry where i i like them so much it led me to read mm-hmm. the book but i just hadn't so I, I need to yeah no definitely check out some of his other work um there's another there's a short story called the unicorn sonata that is oh man it's so good and i own that one too um but yeah like he goes he goes to like conventions he's only been to a couple of um gosh like he's been to dragon con um he's goes to a couple of like the california because he's based in california 
Um, but yeah, his oh, okay. his current his current cu- publication is uh, Tachyon publication. It's T A C H Y O N, and um, they have almost all of his newer works. Um, like uh, in Calabria, there's a uh, summer song. Um, some of the lo- the libraries in the area they have them. So if you know if okay. you don't want to like go and buy the book, which I would recommend because they're really awesome, you know, support your local libraries, <laughs> um, that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, like there's there's all sorts of like other authors that just sing his praises, like Madeline Lingle, Ursula Le Guin, Gwen. Gwen. I just probably butchered that last name. Oh no worries. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he's got so much and he uh the other thing he does really well is short stories um he does a lot okay. of compilations of short stories and one of in one of them he talks about um the ghost that haunts his aunt and uncle and uh and then another one he actually talks about smendrick there's a smendrick story and i got to oh, yeah cool. and he he actually read that to uh, a panel at akon and uh oh, he's he's an amazing reader if you if you get to hear him speak uh he does so well <laughs> and uh and you'll enjoy this so too cool. he wrote a star trek episode yeah i saw that Sarek, yeah. right mm-hmm. about uh spock's mm-hmm. father that's so cool i n- had no idea yes that's great so that's, like my my mission in life so is today. to get more people to <laughs> not only like watch the last unicorn but also uh also enjoy his his work because i i i love his work i think it's you know not just the the unicorn stories like his short stories are amazing um he has uh this other world that he that he created called um it's the innkeeper song and giant bones and they've actually turned some of that into plays um that are really cool um but yeah like they're all all of the books that are currently available are over at um tachyon publications and they usually will have an option to let you get them signed too so yeah so if you're interested in supporting him supporting his his fight which is hopefully will end be ending soon Uh, yeah i can't believe that like i was reading it said like oh it's gonna end in december of last year and then it got updated to actually it's gonna end at the end of yeah. february so fingers yeah. crossed so, poor guy hopefully and you know hopefully not when this gets resolved we'll be able to do a little bit more for his fans um the store geekify they actually have some official licenses with last unicorn as well so they're doing like a last oh. unicorn tarot card um they have a beautiful blanket which I'm so mad that I have I'm on a currently on a no buy of like stuff I don't need <laughs> of this beautiful blanket. I, but you I need do it. need I'm it. I kidding. do need it. Um of this beautiful blanket that is the scene where the unicorns come up out of the ocean. And um it's I when I saw it I was like, oh no, I need this for my house. <laughs> oh yeah so um i'm always really big on you know supporting the official stuff um that you know so that way it goes directly to him because before on some of the facebook sites uh they were controlled by connor and so he was kind of 
he was kind of going in and and talking of you know being like there's you know there's something wrong with peter we're you know there's no problems with our with our business things like that and that's no that's definitely not true (laughs) yeah i think that what i'm hearing when i when we talk about this story is just that he had an incredible idea but he wasn't like a great businessman and so he was vulnerable to people that do know the business and know how to manipulate people and you know unfortunately that's a story that you you hear a lot and there's people out there that get lucky and have consultants and help and they don't end up in that situation but it sounds like he did um but yeah hopefully it'll be over soon and and he can get back to and then we can probably enjoying what he's created because they've talked about this um back when kind of connor was still in the picture they were talking about doing a last unicorn broadway show and they actually got yeah they actually got fergie Ooh. and josh Duhamel when they were still together uh they were like executive producers i guess of a broadway the broadway if that's the term you can use for for broadway um so they were putting money into <laughs> that um there were you know like there was talk of of last unicorn live action movie which i would not say no to but i would have a hard time with it with not being with haggard not being lee because it would be so great but i know yeah. if it did happen i'd be like dimitri martin for smandrick and michelle fairley for molly grew those are the only two <laughs> i have in my dream cast right now um yeah for the longest time there was one in like production hell and because like uh there was a guy that was actually attached to it what was his name um jonathan reese myers i think he was he played um henry in the tutors and yeah and so he was attached Mm, for the longest for smendrick and i was like "Uh, okay you know i could probably see it he's he's a pretty good actor but um ever since like i've seen dimitri martin and his comedy shows and i was like oh my god you're like the perfect (laughs) smendrick totally is i've actually thought that before too <laughs> and then uh i didn't when michelle fairley she played uh catelyn stark in the game of thrones uh red wedding when she had that moment in the mm-hmm. red wedding of being like this like completely i you know this is her moment of realizing everything is over and she's still like tries to fight out i was like oh you would be a great molly grew that would be so <laughs> i love that you're thinking about this i i love fan castings that's that's awesome uh, i just i can never think of like the unicorn like who would be like this ethereal enough to be amalthia and i would say maybe kate blanchett although she's not like probably the right age yeah. but someone like that when it, when they were like a couple years ago when they were first like like making noise about this movie i was like allison loman um right around the time that she did white oleander she Mm. had kind of the look for it um but i would think they would have to like find somebody new for this because like you just have that kind of like awkward but yet graceful uh like presence about her Mm -hmm. Um, yeah she seems like ancient but i guess look wise she would have to look young because like you said it's kind of a metaphor for growing up so Mm -hmm. it has to be both yeah yeah so and then like i i go back and forth on lear about whether or not finding somebody current or finding somebody new maybe jeff bridges can do it you know he can do anything (laughs) yeah i love him (laughs) 
yeah no like that's that's my whole thing about lashing and corn is is anybody who hasn't seen it i'm like okay we're gonna sit down and watch it and i'm gonna tell you this <laughs> entire like story about peter s beagle and um you know putting the fight out there that he is you know even after all these years of supposedly having this resolved he's still trying to get everything taken care of but i love the fact that he's still writing even through all all this so um so yes support peter s beagle by by the book. I'll link his websites and stuff uh, yeah. in the show notes as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, did we cover everything, or is I, there anything think, else you wanted? To- I think we did. <laughs> like, I I'm just honestly surprised I didn't go off on that like a like a huge rant about Connor. <laughs> We're all He's, about that here. Yeah, I mean, he, when he called me, it was just like so. I was at oh, work. It's so invasive. I was at work and I got this message and I was like, holy crap. You know, and that's actually how I got the film strips was when I told him I had never received the artwork that was promised. He went into this long thing about like, well, I can't find any record of it. And I was like, I can go to my email because I got Gmail. They said they archive everything. And I did. And I found the email where I was like, hey, this is what I want. This is, you know, I'm willing to wait for them. I'd like to have the artwork. And so then he went into this long thing about why it didn't happen, but he can do this for me. And so I was like, cool. Yeah, that would be great. And so that's when he asked me about, well, I'll give you some of the film strips to kind of like placate you. And so, and I was like, okay, well, yeah. I mean, on the one hand, I got the film strips. (laughs) Right, right. It kind of worked out, but it's also strange just in general. On the other hand, I quickly took my phone number off facebook (laughs) (laughs) so if more people yeah if if more people like watch this movie because of this uh it'll be great like i'm always whenever somebody says they haven't seen it i'm always like it is on streaming somewhere (laughs) y'all need to just watch it (laughs) definitely well if you had to like summarize you know in in just maybe a, a sentence or two uh uh, why why do you think that this movie had such a big impact on your childhood? Why, why do you think you've seen it so many times? Um, I think I just I love I love unicorns. I love that like the magic behind them. Um, and I think that the fact that the so, like some of the characters are so ambiguous that you can kind of put your own feelings, your own fears, um, your own regrets into them. And so that it, the movie kind of turns into like your own personal experience. And I, I think that's, that's how he wrote it for it to be this kind of ambiguous thing to where it takes on that person's feelings and then projects them back to them. I think that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, I love that. Um, and how do you think you would pitch this to someone that hasn't seen it before? Uh, it's unicorn. Sit down and watch it. You're in my apartment now. You have to leave. You can't leave until you watch it. Like, I've, I've, I've like invited people over to watch it. I'm like, I think it's, I think it's actually on Amazon. Oh, Prime. okay. I'll be like, I'll give you my, I'll give you my Amazon Prime login. Watch it now. Like, we're watching this movie. <laughs> I will, you know, I'll let you borrow the Blu-ray. <laughs> um, I, I'm like all for this movie and more people seeing it. Uh, if I have to like come over to your house and watch it with you, I'll do it. 
Um, I told you. I mean, I'm on your side. I showed you it every year at my birthday for yeah. years. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should re- revitalize that. Yeah, <laughs> revisit that. Yes. Go pick up. Go pick up the Blu-ray. Pull out the V. You know, like I got it on three different versions. <laughs> Week. I. There's no excuse. <laughs> you know, it's on Amazon Prime. I'm. A, you got. You got a smart TV. I'm here for you. You can watch anything you want on my Amazon Prime. We're watching this one first. <laughs> Great pitch. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, Sarah, thank you so much for taking out some time to uh, to do this with me. This was really fun. Um, it's cool to yeah, find sorry. someone else that loves this movie. It sounds like as much as I do, maybe even more. So, um, so awesome. <laughs> I love that. Uh, but yeah, if, if you wanted to uh, wrap up again real quick, where else can people find you again? Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Tahiti. Like it's literally Tahiti. Like if you were gonna travel to Tahiti, that's where you go. It's a magical place, as as Agent Coulson would say. <laughs> um, I'm also on Facebook if you want to check out my cosplay page. Um, that one is Tahiti, a magical place as well. So I post uh, makeup stuff. I post cosplay. Um, I might start posting stuff about books and things like that because i think more people especially with peter need to know about his other work so cool awesome well you'll have to come back and think of another movie that you love so that we could discuss that too oh would you like to hear my entire like me like recite the lion king from start (laughs) to finish and like how i how i was in the middle of my family's thanksgiving and i somebody posted that the lion king trailer had come out and I quickly pulled out my phone, thought I plugged in my headphones to watch it. And no, I did not. I was watching. It's like blasting <laughs> and like, King at Thanksgiving. Yes, yeah. nice. basically. And they were like, Sarah, are you okay? And I was like, I'm having a moment. <laughs> this is a big deal. <laughs> um, this is a very big deal. They're about to play the soundtrack. Oh, my God. It's the, the circle of life. <laughs> so <laughs> if you need somebody to wax poetic about the lion king i'm your sounds girl good. sounds good <laughs> well awesome well thank you so much and you know have a good afternoon talk to you later you Bye. too all right bye